Okay, I'm sitting up straight. I'm ready to do this. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Leo. Uh, I'm the host of this podcast. Um, this is a podcast where I talk to different cartoonists and other people who are connected in some way to the comics community. Uh, today, I have an interview with Professor Mark Neese, um, former head of the SCAD sequential art department, uh, current writing professor, former Batman writer and Tarzan writer, and uh, he's a guy who had a crazy experience in Food Lion that we'll get into on the podcast. Ugh, excuse me. Uh, thank you all for listening um, to the first episode and taking a chance on a new podcast. Uh, you're great. Uh, enjoy the interview. Uh, yeah, you founded the sequential art department at SCAD. Right. Oh yeah, okay. that's the, well. That's yeah. We're we're almost there because oh, okay. like because <laughs> I um, I started teaching English and then I got like uh, when I graduated from that, you know, I got a job teaching at Trident Tech up and teaching English like uh, up in uh, Charleston Trident Tech, and I did that for about four years and then um, uh, Bo Hampton and I see. In the meantime, I'd been like gotten involved in writing comics uh and uh with the hampton brothers <laughs> with scott hampton and Bo hampton for anybody who knows them um because i knew them since high school and stuff and um so we got into that and uh, or i got into that and uh i um uh started uh writing some comics like i i did a couple of things with scott that you know uh we sort of co-wrote together and then um uh i got a break kind of uh with bo hampton uh working on this batman book uh which uh, the batman book uh was a uh what they call it uh legends of the dark knight right legends of the dark knight yeah and it was all about how batman meets john the viking prince (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) it it was pretty wacky uh if you ever read that one you'll you'll probably get a real kick out of it because uh I've, I've flipped through it Prince. in preparation. There's yeah. like a bunch of little demon guys in a cave, um, it looks like. <laughs> well, that was in Norway, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Batman ends up going to Norway. And Batman's ancestors, see, Bat- Batman, uh, you don't know this, but we knew this. Batman had Viking ancestors um, that made a pact with John the Viking Prince's Viking ancestors, right, back in sure. the day. Um, and they had this medallion that they broke in half, like to, 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 as a signifier of the pact and each of them had half of it and the two halves fit together. Right. So (laughs) John, the Viking Prince showed up on Bruce Wayne's door one day, or I don't know, don't ask me how that happened, but, um, and, uh, he's like, he holds up his half of the medallion and Bruce Wayne's like, whoa. And so, you know, the, and then there's nuclear waste and there's this like, you know, wacko who's like just dumping nu- nuclear waste into like caves in Norway. <laughs> so with this John, the Viking Prince, is he still a Viking Prince or is he just some guy in Norway? Well, he's, he's, uh, he appears to be some guy, but he's really, the, he's, he's still practicing he's really Viking-ing, Viking. Like, yeah. Don't ask me too many questions. Okay, all right, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> yeah, John the Viking Prince. Um, but yeah, we used to, we made, used to make jokes about how their medallions look like moon pies that had, somebody had broken or something. <laughs> but, <laughs> but at any rate, uh, so um, but 
but so we did a Batman book, uh, and um, th- that was uh, th- that was a couple of issues of uh, Legends of the Dark Knight. Uh, it was supposed to be an Elseworlds uh, Batman because, I mean, obviously Batman was a Viking Batman, right? But uh, for some reason, it didn't work as that, and they made it a, you know, Legends of the Dark Knight. I don't know why. Anyway, but that's how it ended up. Uh, and it was on the basis of that, I think, that I ended up getting hired at SCAD because Bo and I were at Dragon Con doing a book signing. Uh, what was that? Like 1992, I think. Uh, we were doing a book signing of some kind. And uh, among the people that showed up was this guy named Bob Pendarvis. Um, and Bob, name. like, came up to us and we had no idea who Bob was. We had never heard, neither of us had ever heard of SCAD before. Um, Bob came up and said, you know, he was from SCAD and we were like, Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> that's nice. And sounds like you need a bandaid or something. Um, but uh <laughs> At any rate, um, we just thought he was some wacko because, you know, I mean, if you're doing book signings at a convention, you get a, a certain number of like, I don't know, wackos. Yeah, just crazy can... people. But but, <laughs> but uh, anyway, he was like, uh, no, I'd like to talk to you guys about about, uh, you know, he he actually wanted to ask about some other guy he was thinking about hiring to work at SCAD. And I knew this guy uh, who shall remain nameless because mostly because I don't remember his name. But at any <laughs> rate, um, he he knew that uh, I knew this guy and I was like, well, yeah, OK, you could hire that guy. Or I said, you might consider hiring Bo here who because Bo, you know, had a degree from, um, uh, you know, that uh, uh, School of Visual Arts up in New York. Um, uh, but, and so Bo had an actual college degree in comics, right? So, uh, and, um, so Bob ended up like talking, wanting to talk to both of us because I had an actual degree in English and I wrote comics and he's like, well, we might need a comics writer too. And I was like, yeah, right. You, you wacko. Uh, (laughs) So at this point, would this have been part of the illustration department or would this like, well, yeah, Bob was actually at the time a professor in the illustration department okay. at SCAD. You know, the, of course, we didn't know that. We just thought he was some weirdo. Um, but uh, and he, he was, I mean, but he was a professor in the illustration department. But what we did, we were sitting there and we were like, uh, after he left, we, he wanted us, he wanted to take us out to dinner, you know, which just made him, made us think he was an even bigger weirdo. <laughs> he like, wants to take us to dinner? Like, what, who is this guy? What is with him? Um, and so this is weird. And so we were talking about it and we're like, well, okay. If he springs for dinner, then we'll think he's legit. <laughs> if he wants to go Dutch or something, right? He wants us to pay for our own dinner, then you know we're you know we're gonna like you know just say yeah no thanks. Um, but then he ended up paying for dinner, so we had to take him as legit. So um, so Bo ended up applying to SCAD, uh, and I did a little bit later, but they hired Bo. Uh, and so Bo came in first as an illustration professor, uh, and then he and Bob together started, you know, putting the sequential art department together. And of course, it was a giant mess until I came along. <laughs> uh, 
um, because they hired me like right after that. And so in the fall of 93, I came to SCAD and the, that was the first year the sequential art department uh, existed. And I was supposed to teach uh, uh, comic book scripting classes. And of course there were three people majoring in sequential art at the time. <laughs> and so I had a class, I think my class had like two people in it. Um, but what happened was uh, when I came in, they asked me to teach um, uh, video classes, you know, video script writing classes for the uh, film and television department, which I forget what it was called in those days. But oh, so I taught film script writing. Um, so, yeah. And so I had like the one or two, I think I had one or two students who were interested in writing comic scripts sitting in, you know, sort of floating inside the uh, video, like film script writing class I was teaching. And of course, I was teaching like, you know, also in the general ed department, I was teaching uh, English uh, one, two, three, they call it, I think, uh, you know, English composition. So I had like four classes and one of them was a script writing class and the others were English composition classes. And, you know, the sequential art department um, was still forming and about <laughs> as soon as I got there, Bo started talking to me about how, you know, Mark, I think I'm going to move on. I think that, you know, cause he was working on some big book called castle of the bat at the time, you know, another Batman book. Yeah. And, uh, so he had, uh, I think he was making plenty of bat money or something. So he was like, uh, I think I'm going to like move on. And I was kind of like, Oh, great, Bo. <laughs> The only, the only reason I came here was because of you and now you're leaving. Um, and so, uh, so he, I ended up, it was very weird. Uh, after one quarter at SCAD, the second quarter I was at SCAD, which was winter quarter, um, they asked me to be department chair <laughs> because okay. Bo wanted to, wanted to pull back and he, he was the department chair, but he like stepped down after one quarter of it. And so then they asked me to do it and Bo kind of like dropped back to teaching adjunct classes or something. And I was like, Oh, I don't, I, I was, you know, talk about being out of your depth. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> um, but I, you know, and I, I began to figure things out and, you know, they were, they kind of said, well, you need to get more people into your department. And of course there were two of us professors at the time. And uh, I'm like, uh, yeah, I, I can, I get that we need to get more people into the department. And so uh, we kept, we talked about what we could do. And, um, you know, with my, <laughs> with my career, you know, all of the wonderful successes I'd had in the publishing business, I, <laughs> I thought, hey, you know what? What if we do a, uh, a comics convention here? <laughs> like if SCAD would support the idea of a comics convention. And so we started talking about that um, because, um, yeah, all of my previous experiences had not discouraged me at all <laughs> from wanting to leap in with both feet. And so uh, uh, then we started, you know, I uh, we were talking about that. And then I was like, well, uh, you know, Bob, like everybody, like, we don't want to do just a comics convention because we're a school. We want to do something more, 
you know, academic, like, you know, something more scholarly. And so we decided to call it Comics Art Forum. <laughs> and because Ohio State University did something like that. And, uh, you know, Ohio State used to have this big, I guess they still do, this big, like, cartooning fest type of thing. Um, yeah. And so we decided to start something, like, uh, along that order. You know, like, uh, we'll invite a bunch of comics artists here. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll garner some attention for the place. Because, you know, the problem was most people had never heard of SCAD, not as, not as a, um, at least not as a comics place, you know, not as someplace to go to learn about how to do uh, sequential art. Well, how big was it at this time? Because this is before um, all the drama in the 90s with Paula Wallace, right? Or is this around well, the same time? Well, I don't want to get into that too much. Okay, okay. <laughs> But I, but I can tell you that um, at the time, like there there was no Atlanta campus and there was no like there was no Lacoste or anything like that. People didn't take trips to Hong Kong or any of that stuff um, or to Japan, even like in our department. But uh, uh, the school was relatively small still. I mean, the school just started in 1978. Right. So, um, you know, by 1992 two or so 93 it was i mean it wasn't that long after really um and so uh things were still formative like and especially with our department and so um we uh you know we were like flying by the seat of our pants uh, quite a bit um and so this seemed like a really good idea and you know i was talking to scott about this idea and scott you know said Oh man, well, we can get, you know, Will Eisner and Scott McCloud and Mark Schultz and, you know, we can get like, uh, you know, I was like, uh, really? We can get you. Yeah. You, you think we can get those people? And he's like, oh yeah, sure. Just tell them, you know, free trip to Savannah, you know, like <laughs> buy them dinner, they'll come, you know? <laughs> so yeah. I was like, uh, all right. So, you know, we, we started contacting all these people and uh, the first thing, you know, like comics art forum one, uh what was the lineup for that uh, man it was like it was pretty incredible i mean it was like uh will eisner uh uh mike mignola uh scott mcleod um marshall oh, wow. uh I'm, i know i'm leaving some people out but uh you know those those are just the first names that come to mind and there were 12 people in all, you know, uh, and, um, and, you know, big name people like Mike Mignola, you know, like, but yeah. So, uh, uh, but of course at that time, you know, people, some of these people were just kind of getting started. I mean, Scott McCloud had just come out with understanding comics. Um, and so, uh, he was, you know, looking for any way to promote it. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> But uh, and so all those people came. We had uh, a, a giant panel discussion that, you know, uh, it was weird that that panel discussion for Comics Art Forum one. There is a video of it that I have lost that is uh, floating around. I gave it to the powers that be and it disappeared. In those days, of course, it was like a big videotape, you know, like one of those big cassette like huge things. Um, but it was filmed in uh, somewhere. I can't help but think it's in the SCAD archives somewhere, but I don't know where, but because we've never been able to locate it. But um, but I mean, that particular uh, panel discussion, we had it over in it was in Hamilton Hall, if I remember, in what used to be called Studio A, which isn't there anymore. But 
Um, it, there was a big table up front and, uh, it was, um, it looked like the last supper. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I tell you, it looked like the last supper. Uh, and you had Will Eisner sort of like on one end of it and Scott McLeod was on the other end of it. And then right in the middle was George Pratt who, you know, George, uh, I don't know if you know who George Pratt is, but, um, he, no. he had this like long hair and this long beard. He looked just like Jesus. Um, and he was sitting right in the middle of the table. And so <laughs> as as weird as that sounds, it looked like Da Vinci's uh, Last Supper. And it was pretty funny because um, uh, Will Eisner and Scott McCloud started getting into it, like started having this disagreement uh, over um, over uh, computer uh, computer comics, over digital comics. <laughs> oh, interesting. Was uh, Eisner not um, into that? Eisner was not on board with it. No, he was like, uh, ah, those these things are they're, they're bad. You can't do the same thing. You know, it's just not. And and of course, uh, Scott McCloud was, you know, like Mr. Digital Comics. He's like, right, right. Ah, give me that microphone. I, and if I remember, we only had a couple of microphones and people had to pass them around to each other. <laughs> and some yeah. people were like, reaching for the microphone, <laughs> uh, give it to me, give it to me. Um, and uh, it got kind of like, it was really fun because it was what I wanted. I actually wanted some controversy. I wanted somebody to say something that somebody else disagreed with. Um, and I've been looking for that in comics art, art form ever since. Like I, I, I'm always waiting on somebody to disagree with somebody else really strongly about something. I'll go up there. <laughs> but I, you never uh, really hear much of that anymore. Um, what was Eisner's argument against it? Like you can't do the same stuff, get the same lines or was he against digital uh, publishing or digital creation of art? Yeah, I don't, I can't remember all that all that well. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to say something that I don't want to put words in Eisner's mouth, but I, I think that the, uh, the basic thing was the feel of it was not the same, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and like the, the art would be different and the creation of the art would be different. And, uh, but you know, that was of course, I mean, I don't know that Eisner didn't change his mind about that because I mean, that was like 1993 was uh, no or sorry, there was no, you know, the, like, yeah. If you can imagine what creating digital art was like in those days, um, the people were still playing pong, you know, I mean, right. it was, <laughs> it was it was not uh you know it was not very advanced i think things have come a long way since uh since that time but um and i you know i don't know scott mcleod kind of saw that uh will eisner is more old school you know like um yeah because he's been around forever um and of course it was all very respectful too it wasn't like they were you know <laughs> calling each other names or something it's just there, there was just kind of a uh, an interesting like bit of disagreement going on there, and um, I, I just I just remember that uh, I, I remember uh, Mike Mignola was getting in on it too. He was like, "Give me that microphone." Like, <laughs> he, had, he had all these things to say. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. Yeah, I remember Mignola when he was when he was coming when I would, would talk to him about coming. He was like, "Well." You know, uh, when I get there, like, uh, do you want me to like uh, take it easy on people, or do you want me to tell them the truth? And yeah. I was like, oh, truth, Mike, truth. <laughs> and so he was like, 
ah, okay, I'm on, I'm there. And so, so he, uh, he came and uh, if I remember like for his uh, crit session, like Mignola did this critique session. If you can imagine a, a bunch of our students like in the room with like Mike Mignola. Was he, uh, was he as much of a rock star at that point? Or like when, when did he pretty kind of blow much, up? Yeah. I mean, he was big. He wasn't okay. as big as he is now, but he was big um, okay. because I think he had already started doing Hellboy by that time. And I think a lot of people knew about him, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, Did Hellboy take a while to kind of become a hit? I don't uh hellboy it did pretty well i think right away but i think it kind of grew okay uh, especially after they started making movies out of it and stuff yeah, like yeah. that but uh yeah it uh it was it was already kind of a very cool comic uh at the time and uh yeah it it's now of course i guess it's one of those classics or yeah. something but um but no, Mignola, like, if I remember correctly, we hung, like, clothesline up in in a room and clothespinned people's art to it. And he would just go down the line and just like, you know, yeah, this sucks. This is all right. This is good. You know, you need to work on that. Um, but, you know, it was like, I don't know, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty scary for some people anyway. Um, but... But no, I mean, it, it was pretty scary for us, too, because we didn't know, you know, what was going to happen. There was there was all kinds of factors at the time. Uh, it, that was a wild time, because I, I will say I, I can't talk about much of anything, but I will say that it, it was a I'll just I guess I'll just tell you, because it's not a secret that SVA was in town. <laughs> yeah, the School of Visual Arts at that time, like in 1994, had a campus across the street from SCAD, if you can believe it, uh, <laughs> uh, right down Drayton Street, like, you know, where Heyman's Hall is. If you go down Drayton Street about three blocks or something, there's a building on the on the right as you're going down that they had acquired and had started SVA there. <laughs> why? Why did they have that? Like uh, well, that that gets into stuff I don't think I could, should talk about. But but oh, it's so uh, curious. It was, it was a weird thing. Uh, ask me sometime in private, and I'll okay. tell you. But but um, but it was a it was a weird thing, and uh, you know, like um, uh, there was, you know, like there was a definitely some some, uh, you know, anxiety in the air over all kinds of stuff. But at any rate, uh, so I don't know why I started saying that now. Um, wh where was I coming from with this? I don't know. Um, SVA was in town. I think you were worried they were going to snatch up some of these huge name artists. Uh, yes, that was that. There was a worry of that. You know, like uh, it was. Uh, it was really. Uh, it was pretty wacky. I mean, I was. I was nervous about all kinds of things at the time. Um, and so, like, <laughs> it was just Bob and me running this whole event. Uh, and it was, uh, it was quite, uh, quite the uphill battle, but, uh, unlike a lot of uphill battles I fought, it actually, I paid off because like all of these guys for, you know, I think they all kind of enjoyed the way we were all sort of flying by the seat of our pants. <laughs> right. Uh, oh man, there were so many wacky things that happened. Um, you know, Eisner like was doing this workshop and he had this big drawing pad in front. We had a big drawing pad set up on an easel, but nobody had thought to bring a Sharpie or anything. It was just a, <laughs> he's like, uh, have you got like a marker or something? I'm like, 
a marker. Oh, God. And so, you know, I remember running like five blocks back over to the office. (laughs) (laughs) Can you just talk for a second? I'll be back with a marker in just a second. And I I don't know, I ran like five blocks from I think he was talking in the O House ballroom. And like I ran all the way to Petter Hall (laughs) and back with like, I don't know, uh, here's a couple, here's some Sharpies thing. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, thanks, kid. And so like, he's like, doing this stuff. Um, but I don't think anybody else noticed much, but it was just one of those little things that was giving me a heart attack. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's just all kinds of little stuff like that, but we made it through and all these guys really enjoyed it. And they, uh, they enjoy, you know, we, they had dinner They we, we drove them around, I don't know, showed them Bonaventure cemetery and all kind of other stuff. And they're just to, just to make them have a good time. Uh, because, you know, I, I mean, at the time I was feeling like, man, all we need is for somebody like Will Eisner to say this place sucks. And (laughs) that would be the, that would be bad. Um, or Mignola or, you know, Scott McLeod or, you know, any of these people. Um, but fortunately they all went back and said, Hey, that was so much fun. Yeah. And so when they went around to conventions and stuff, they'd actually tell people about us. Right. Um, it's like, man, you ought to go to SCAD. There's some cool people there. Uh, and so, and so it actually like, uh, yeah, it paid off. I I don't know. It was interesting. Um, and so that was like, that was 94 and, uh, we've been doing a comics art forum ever since, I think there was only one year that we didn't do one. Um, that was oh god let me see i think that was like 99 maybe um and the reason we didn't do one i i don't know i was the department i was the department chair for about four years like from 94 to about 97 or 8 something like that and then i somewhere in there i think just towards the end of that like the it was weird because like um and i i did this on purpose i have to say so everybody can blame me for that year there wasn't a comics art forum because i was getting sort of like i don't know the the students it felt like to me were starting to get blasé about it i mean you know it was weird that we were doing did the like caliber of artist go down ever or did you have like because that was you know you're starting from a really high place with will eisner yeah. mignola like well no i mean god we were bringing in some really big names i mean there's like uh bernie wrightson and i god i don't remember who all came in uh, uh there was all kinds of really like good people coming in and it started to like it made me mad at a certain point because the students that we had it I could be, maybe I'm wrong about this, but, you know, like I said, you know, blame me for this. But I started like, people started like not showing up for workshops and stuff. You know, it's like people were going, yeah, yeah, well, this is just what you do. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, you are, you are kidding me. You're getting blasé about these people we're bringing in seriously. And, and so I was like, okay, if you're going to be blasé about it, we just won't do it. Yeah. So because why are we knocking ourselves out if nobody seems to want it, you know? So um, and by that time, of course, we had a lot of students and stuff. And so, you know, it was this giant extra thing that we were doing on top of every single thing else that we were doing. And at that time, when I was uh, 
because I was department chair and there, I think by that time we had like three or four people in the department, like a few more professors had come along. Um, but still it's like, I did every single thing you can think of to do Yeah, <laughs> because there's just nobody else to do it. And so, um, um, yeah, so I was like, well, this is one more thing. We just, we don't have to do this. Everybody seems to like, not like it. And so we didn't do it. <laughs> Hmm. And there was such a, a, I don't know, there was kind of a hue and cry. There was like, why did you stop doing Comics Art Forum? And everybody was like blaming SCAD, but it wasn't SCAD. It was me. It was totally me. It was all you. It was all me. Because other people in the department were like, well, we can't not do it. I'm like, the hell we can't. We can not do it. You know, we can easily not do it. You know, and so we did um, and so at that point, people said, never again shall we not do Comics Art Forum. <laughs> and the the uh, the people upstairs were like, why aren't you doing Comics Art Forum? Because students were, I don't know, complaining to people about it. And because they, I don't know, somehow blame. It was not the institution. The, the institution was totally okay with it. But it's just like, you know, I don't know. Anyway, so uh, the next time we did it, everybody was really happy again. <laughs> So anyway, I don't know. Um, I, I, was I punishing people? Well, perhaps. I don't know. But for a while, I, I stopped being department chair at a certain point, like, you know, because, uh, <laughs> well, partly because I was having a nervous breakdown, but but um, uh, not really. I mean, you know. But, yeah, yeah. Well, but, what, but what happened? You just got tired of it? Uh, there was a bunch of stuff. I mean, I was getting divorced at that time for one thing, like, uh, and, uh, so there was a lot of craziness with that. And, uh, it was very taxing, um, and time consuming because like I said, there was, there's was just me and, uh, a couple of other people who, you know, we were doing everything. And so, you know, it was, uh, it was a lot different, you know, there was no, uh, I feel like so. I feel like an old an old uh, war veteran telling war stories or something. But you know, there was there was no um, there was no Trisha person at the time, right? I mean, there was no departmental assistant. It was just me. Hmm. <laughs> you know, if somebody needed calling, I had to call them. If something if something uh, needed planning, I had to plan it. If if an airline ticket needed buying, I had to buy it. You know, it was yeah. just like uh, so every little detail like you know had to be taken care of and if you if you overlooked one of those things for some reason oh my god you like you know you'd hear about it that's like, right <laughs> so uh yeah you you had to take care of all kinds of things um in addition to teaching classes and dealing with everything else that goes into that um so uh but yeah, I don't know. So yeah, so I ended up at SCAD and the sequential art department started and grew. And uh, it's really interesting to me now because, you know, a lot of the people teaching in the department uh, were uh, students of mine at one point or another, <laughs> Interesting. Uh, which is really kind of funny, you know, like uh, Dove McCarg was uh, one of my students, like he was a grad student like a few years ago. Um, uh, I never actually had John Lowe or Ray Goto as students because they were grad students back when uh, writing was not a required part of the grad program. Okay. Uh, it is now, but uh, so somehow they avoided me. <laughs> 
but uh, but they, I remember them as students. I remember going to their grad reviews and all this kind of stuff and reading their thesis papers and all that. You know, like I could have I could have not approved. Yeah. And then who knows where they'd be. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so a lot of people that are in the department, it's uh, it's funny. Uh, there are uh, like even like like uh, like Hunter, you know, Hunter Clark, who, you know, um, I get emails from him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever met that guy, but yeah, he's a really nice guy, and he's—I think he's a really good teacher too, from what I what I can find out. But um, he's, uh, yeah, he was a student of mine. Like I don't know, like I'm trying to think of uh, the people up in Atlanta, like uh, Pat Quinn and uh, uh, Sean Crystal, and uh, uh, some of those people up there. Anyway, they were they were like former grad students as well. So yeah. Uh, so it's pretty interesting now. I, I'm like, uh, I just like am a professor now and I, <laughs> I like that a lot more. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but now the, the, the department is, is just kind of like, um, thing, I won't say it's routine, but I mean, things are a lot more secure now than they were back in those days, you know, when you, <laughs> you weren't sure if everything was going to blow up in your face at some point. <laughs> uh you know now you know there's like i don't know i don't know how many hundreds of students we actually have majoring in sequential art at this point or we've got a lot of professors now so oh you know the work can be kind of spread out over a lot more people and stuff like that so you know it's a it's a lot calmer a lot more relaxed now i would say than it it ever used to be you know back in those days so yeah uh, I don't know that those were, those were different days. <laughs> um, what do you like about teaching as opposed to running the department? I, I don't know. It's really weird. Um, uh, teaching is honestly is a bit less stressful to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but it's a, it's a weird thing because I got to tell you, uh, if you had asked me like, uh, years ago, like, uh, do you, do you plan on being a teacher? I would have said, hell no, that's not <laughs> right. I, I'm not a teacher. Why would I ever want to teach? You know, like, I, I still don't actually think of myself as a teacher. It's, it's weird. Uh, you know, I, I think do it as a writer people, more people. Yeah. I, I tend to think of myself as a writer, you know, like, uh, I, I write and I, I work on things. I'm always working on things, which is, uh, you know, like <laughs> that gets really hard when you're, uh, when you're reading a lot of other people's stuff, you know, and you're, uh, you're teaching and you've got like, I don't know, three or four class. I have three classes now. I've kind of dropped back a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, like if you got three classes and you got 20 people per class, which is what I always end up having. Um, and then, you know, all those people are writing, like, if you imagine an, a weekend when all 60 of those people have just turned in like, <laughs> you know, a script or two or something, uh, you know, like, uh, that, that gets to be like, uh, uh, oh, this is a lot of reading. <laughs> yep. Sometimes it gets old. It just gets old. If, if, if the stories are old. <laughs> yeah. If, if somebody's not putting anything into their stuff, you know, like, um, uh, I don't know. I, I can tell. I, uh, I can tell when somebody's just not excited about what they're doing. Um, it, it's hard to say exactly how that shows. It's it's not something, you know, I can't grade people on how excited they are. <laughs> 
but but it actually shows up i think in the work itself because i i think that when people um when they're into what they're doing uh it's i don't know it changes something about it you know there's more there's way more energy in the story um what percent of stories would you say are good the the stuff that i would reckon to be good um is probably about uh less than five percent okay you know and that's and but you know there's good and then there's uh I don't know. There's, there's gradations. There's <laughs> like, there's like bad. And, I, right. and, and don't ask me, you know, like, uh, well, what do you think is bad? I, I can't tell you. I mean, I think all kinds of things are bad for all kinds of different reasons, but you know, like the, the worst, the worst of the bad stuff is just stuff that is more of the same, you know, that is just simply, uh, you know how I think it was uh, one of the one of the Warner brothers who said, "I give me more of the same, but different." <laughs> right. When you leave out the but different part. <laughs> that, well, I wonder about that too, because like I I feel like, and a lot I think a lot of people are in this boat. I know maybe thirty writers, and I don't write like any of them, so I think I'm original. Yeah. But like, if you've read, you know, all these people, is it? You know, are you are you sort of seeing the same students come through year after year or is there I don't really know how to word this question, but <laughs> do you eventually get more variety? Um, I well, let me put it like this. Um, there are certain people in each class that I do that I can tell that they are really going to go somewhere with this stuff. Um, they can or if they don't go somewhere, they're going to enjoy the journey <laughs> well, they're going to enjoy the journey of not going somewhere. <laughs> that, that makes no sense at all. But right. uh, you know, even uh, and when I when I'm we're talking about there, you know, what does going somewhere even mean? You know, does it mean getting rich? Well, you know, I don't know. Does it mean like just enjoying what you're doing? Um, I, I think uh, I think the real matter, the issue of the matter, the matter of the issue, or whatever you want to say, is that. Um, you know, you enjoy what you're doing. I, you know, I think too many people are too interested in, uh, if I do this, I'll sell it. If I do this, I'll get rich. Uh, and what that leads to is, is hack dumb. Hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it's like, well, here's what everybody's doing. It, it worries me a little bit because, uh, I wonder sometimes like there's so many people who are trying to do like, you know, YA stories and stuff like that. And and I kind of think to myself, do you really want to do YA stories? Or are you doing this because you have heard there's a big market for YA stories? You know, yeah. like, um, and, and then I think, is there a big market for YA stories? Because so many people are doing them and that's all there is. <laughs> right, right. It's <laughs> kind of like self-fulfilling. Yeah, you know, it's like a, and so, but, but I don't know, I'm not wise enough to, to know these things. But but um, but I think that uh, people like a lot of people um, want to do things because they see that a bunch of other people are being successful at it. And this is the thing that's selling. So everybody else is growing cucumbers. So I got to grow them, too. Um, right. So, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what that is. Uh, there's a there's a. A lot of people want to be a member of a club somehow. And it's like I'm a member of this club and that's good. But uh so I don't know. I, I have always wanted to just kind of do what I want to do. You know, like I, I try not to think about what everybody else might want when I'm doing whatever it is I want to do. 
And I, and those are the kinds of uh, people that when I see them in class, I think to myself, uh, yeah, I'm th- this is really fun. I really enjoy what this person's doing. Um, like uh, uh, Leo is enjoying. That's what... not what I was asking, by the way. <laughs> but no, no, I know that's not what you're asking. But, but, uh, but I, 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 yeah, I, I just, I just wanted to say that because I, I do think that that you've got a lot of potential with this. But, but you can, you can edit that out later. Knock on wood, yeah. But, but I think that uh, you know because there's a, there's a there's an element of energy in this stuff. You know, it's not like I'm just doing my assignment so I can get through this, so I can go back to drawing, which is what I really want to do. Um, uh, I when I hear that kind of stuff, I just start feeling depressed. Yeah, <laughs> it's like okay, yeah, whatever. Just you know, please you know, go back to whatever it is you want to do. Um, because I, I see some people and they, they almost, they almost, well, I'm really going to get myself in trouble here, I'll, but, but they almost it's bad, it, so don't worry. No, but, like, but I mean, they almost draw it. maniacally, you know, it's like, they just keep drawing the same little thing over and over and over. Like, and it's almost like, well, y- you're not really getting any better in that, at that. You just keep doing that same thing again and again and again. And it's almost like a neurotic thing you're doing, not like something that, is bringing you any joy. It's kind of like counting your fingers or something. So, you know, but, but like I said, uh, I, I don't, uh, I'm not, not casting aspersions on anybody or anything like that. Um, but I, but I think that uh, it, when people uh, have a reason that they want to draw, there's something uh, that, that is really turning me on about doing this, um, whether it's drawing or whether it's writing, you know, whether creating any kind of art, uh, you know, like, um, then I think that that counts for a lot. Uh, that means a lot. Um, so, and I think if you put some element of knowledge together with that, I, I don't think you can do that just, um, unless you're just like a, the Mozart of writing or something. I, I think you, you, uh, you have to put some element of, of knowledge into that you, you need to know something about the world you need to know something about you know well going back a little bit um to when you said you write when you want to what you want to write um yeah. do you feel like you had an opportunity to like sell out at some point like if your batman didn't fight a viking and you just did another joker story or something like well i mean i i have i i have not exactly sold out before but you know it's like um like I wrote Tarzan for a while, you know, like for the, for United Media, for the uh, syndicate, you know, the newspaper syndicate. Um, and um, uh, I was never like, I like Tarzan's okay. You know, it's not like I don't like Tarzan, but you know, for me, when I, when someone offered me that, I was like, Oh, a lot of, I remember it going through my head. A lot of prestigious people have done Tarzan before, you know, that's, uh, you know, a lot of really famous artists. So uh, if I do Tarzan, I'll be in the same boat with them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I remember thinking that kind of stuff. And, but then when I, when it came to actually doing the thing, you know, uh, the, the editor up there at United Media, you know, was like, well, make it your own, you know, figure out a way to make it your own. Like, um, you know, and, and she was actually really good about that. Uh, cause you can do one more Tarzan story where, you know, Tarzan goes swinging through the jungle and, you know, I don't know, does some, uh, rescues somebody from a lion or something. 
but um you know like so i was like she was like yeah yeah get him out of the jungle if you want to and so like uh i decided that i would have some fun with tarzan so i but but as far as you know i think the, the we you were originally asking me about selling out now nah, i nobody's really given me much of an opportunity to sell out to be honest with you <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, the good thing about like getting back to teaching again, the good thing about teaching is that I, I don't have to necessarily rely on selling all my stuff to make an income. So I don't have to sell out, you know, it's like I can, yeah, right, right. any kind of like job that you can get, like uh, teaching, I, I got, uh, I got an email from one of my former students uh, the other day who is working as some kind of, he's out in uh, Hollywood, I guess, in Los Angeles. Uh, he's um, doing um, like a lot of various, like kind of like onset tasks for like film like a and PA or something. Yeah, yeah. Something like that, you know, like he does this stuff, but I mean, it keeps you exposed to it, you know, like, and, and it, it pays the bills yeah. so that, you know, like, I think as long as you, uh, you don't sell yourself out, which is what I, I'm afraid some people do. And it's very easy to, yeah. um, because I know that in all those years when I was doing things like working in print shops and, you know, it, it was very easy to just come home at night and like have a beer and turn the TV on and like try to relax and forget about all this stuff. Um, and it was really incredibly hard to sit down and, I don't know, write a story or something after you've been dealing with, I don't know, all this stuff all day. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think that that's, uh, that's something you, you have to kind of do. I think the best thing I can I could suggest to anybody is just to develop a habit of doing it so that like with any habit, you know, it's something you feel odd if you haven't done it today. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? So what like uh, what are your writing conditions, your ideal writing conditions? How do you? <laughs> well, well, you know, right now is a great ideal writing condition because like uh, it's summer. I don't you know, I, I'm not teaching like I haven't taught in summer in a while. Uh, and, uh, I get up in the morning, like I, I still get up early, you know, it's, I haven't, I've, I've been trying to sleep later because I, I'm like, yeah, I need to, I need to sleep more because, you know, I'm old, but, <laughs> but, uh, I, I've been trying to sleep a little later, but I still keep waking up about six 30 in the morning or something like that. And, um, uh, I can come in here to my desk and, you know, by, about seven and you know sit here and work on some writing till about nine or something and then get some breakfast and then you know from like if i wasn't talking to you i'd be sitting here writing now but like from like 11 to about 1 30 or something like i'll sit here and like work on some more stuff um i will say this about writing uh i i don't think long long stints of writing are all that great um you know i uh i think if you spend more than about I don't know, maybe four hours or something sitting there working on writing. I think your writing starts turning into mush hmm. <laughs> at a certain point, just because you, you, you just need some other stimulation or something. Um, so uh, I, I think doing something else besides writing is actually helpful for writing too. Sort of break uh, it up. Yeah. I mean, I do, I do like woodworking stuff. Really? <laughs> I don't, I don't tell people about it very much, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I, I make, 
I, I, I've been getting into like, I don't know, like turning bowls and stuff like that and, um, doing, um, I don't know. I make, make boxes, cut dovetails and stuff. It's like, it's, uh, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it's different. Do it's you have like any of it nearby? <laughs> nah, no. do I have around here? Um, no, I don't know. I mean, no. hey, I made that. I made that bookshelf over there. That you oh know, no, <laughs> that looks like a good the, bookshelf. It is a good bookshelf. Yeah, I, there's a whole line of them in the uh, in the other room in the house. I have this giant library with all these all these bookshelves. They all fastened together. But uh, I don't. Do I have anything else? I, I don't have anything else I made like sitting around here. But no, I do. I do a lot of that kind of stuff. I don't know. My my dad was a carpenter, um, so I guess it kind of runs in the family or something. But um but anyway so no i don't know because i mean you do that and it's like it's totally different and uh it's like a very tactile kind of thing you know yeah like you you put your hands on it and you smell sawdust and you you know like uh you do things but um uh with um with writing it's different i mean when you write it's like there's not a tangible product except a bunch of like things on a screen <laughs> right it's all in your head even when you get it yeah. out it's still in your head like yeah. yeah yeah it's fun when you can when you actually do a book you know like uh like those books i brought to class you know that last day or something like then you've got a tangible thing you can like hold it in your hand you know and like um lately i've been doing uh in terms of like writing i don't know it's uh I haven't like written a professional comic script in a while in a, a the last time I wrote a professional comic script was like in 2020 I guess I think it was um and it was uh <laughs> um this is interesting but I I wrote this whole like 100 page graphic novel thing on Pierre Cardin <laughs> uh that uh, Pierre Cardin was a designer who, really interesting guy. He was almost 100 years old. And I, I did that for SCAD because uh, they wanted to try to put something together for his 100th, or I don't know, for his, uh, uh, to honor him, I don't know, something like that. So it was the life of Pierre Cardin, which was really fun because like when I was doing that, um i got to write about things that i don't normally get to incorporate into stories like i don't know the beatles and <laughs> all these movie stars and stuff but um you know and, and of course that kind of ended up i don't know where that went like i i finished it and turned it in and like uh, they never had anyone draw it i never never saw anybody draw it um maybe one day i mean they were talking about it they were at the time they were talking about well we're going to turn this into a band desine and uh you know produce it sell it in uh europe you know like and stuff and particularly in france because you know the college has an interest in france and all that but uh no it just never happened so um it's just one of those things but but I had a lot of fun with it because I had to do a ton of research on Pierre Cardin. I used to know everything about Pierre Cardin, um, so which is weird because you know uh, writing about a fashion designer is about the last person I thought I would ever be interested in writing about. Um, but Pierre Cardin actually has a really interesting past. You know, not that I want to get into all that. Yeah, right yeah. Um, we'll let people so, look him up. But um. yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah, involving World War One and World War Two. So, but at any rate, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, I lately I've been doing a lot of uh, just prose writing. Uh, you know, like uh, like that day in class, I, a couple of novels that I've done. You know that, and I'm working right now on a. Uh, an anthology of short stories that are all prose short stories um, that uh, I think I'm going to get my wife to do some illustrations for some of them, you know, just like, like chapter illustrations or something. Uh, and are those, I, are those more horror or are they like, uh, they're there. <laughs> I have this kind of fictional Island that I've set up uh, because I used to live on an Island. But um, I, I have this uh, this island where all the it's involves all the the characters that are kind of concentrated on that island because I remember when I was living on the island there were a lot of interesting characters living there. But um, so the stories are some of them are just kind of like straightforward. Some of them are have all kinds of criminal things going on in them. Some of them have supernatural things going on in them. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> uh, so it's it's like it's kind of a uh, it's an assortment of things. There are there are ghosts, which is one of my favorite subjects. Um, I had I had a very uh, interesting ghost story. I used to tell every Halloween in classes, but um, I don't know. You wanted to hear the cheese story. I did want to hear the cheese story, and then we'll wrap up. I went to a food lion once uh, to get some things for dinner. Uh, and so I was shopping around. I have one of those little blue baskets. It's uh, anyway, so I was having hot dogs for dinner, right? <laughs> so at any rate, uh, I um, went over to where the cheese is to get some cheese for my hot dogs because I you know, wanted to get some extra sharp cheddar. I went over there and the cheese aisle is adjacent to the beer aisle and like cheese on one side, beer on the other side. There were some dudes over there at the beer aisle. There were these three guys and they were like down there near the, the Pabst and the Bud and the old Milwaukee. And they were like perusing at, you know, I, I think, I don't know what they were looking for, but they were looking for the cheap stuff. Not, not the wonderful craft beers, but the cheap stuff. Um, while I'm looking for the extra sharp and I'm kind of bent over distracted, like uh, not paying attention. Um, somebody comes up and they're standing beside me and I, I sensed them there and they were talking to me and they were saying all this stuff. And I recognized them when I looked over. Uh, oh, this is one of those dudes from the beer aisle over there. And they were talking away. And I couldn't understand anything they were saying, partly because I wasn't focusing on it and partly because I just couldn't understand it anyway. But so I kind of stood up and then there was this thing bumping against my head. Now, insert gesture of, of niece's finger bumping against the back of his skull. Yes, like this. Um, so, and something was tapping against the back of my head. So, um, uh, and it was kind of annoying because this dude was talking, but this thing was bumping against the back of my head. And I was like, I, something's bumping against the back of my head. What is this? It's very annoying. Um, and so I, without even thinking, and because I was incredibly stupid, 
<laughs> I, I just reached up and grabbed this thing, uh, uh, insert gesture of niece grabbing thing, and pulling it down away from my head. And so I pulled it down and I looked down and lo and behold, I'm hold, holding on. I have my a good solid grip on the barrel of this gun. Uh, so this dude is standing there and his arm is kind of pulled over to the side and broken back kind of in an awkward way while I'm holding on to the barrel of this gun. He was holding on to the handle of it and I was holding on to the barrel of it. And I didn't quite get it still. And so I'm looking at the barrel of this gun and I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, this is a toy gun. This, this dude is, you know, this is dumb. This dude's trying to scare me with a toy gun. So I look and I, I'm looking <laughs> and I start actually looking down the barrel of this gun. I bend it up and start looking down it because I was looking for the little orange plug that I know is in the barrel of all the toy guns. And I didn't see it. And I was like, did he break it off? And I'm looking down the barrel of this gun. And uh, there was a big old hole in the barrel. Like it was just, the, nothing was broken off. It was a gun. And so I thought to myself, I, I better maybe listen to what this dude is saying because this dude had been talking the whole time. And I'm like, uh, what? And so the guy was like, it ain't got no bullets in it, man. It ain't got no bullets in it. And I was like, and he was pointing at the handle of the gun. And I was like, uh, doesn't have any, what? What are you talking? And so it ain't got no bullets in it. So um, it had one of those clips that goes in the handle of the gun. And the clip was not in the gun. Uh, the clip wasn't there. It was empty. And so he, he kept pointing at that and telling me it ain't got no bullets in it. And I was like, oh, okay. And I look over and the other two dudes that were with him that were over there at the, with the beer, they were still over there at the beer, mind you. They were jumping up and down and they're going, you crazy man, you crazy man. And I was like, um, oh, well, now what do I do? Because I'm standing there and the music is playing, the lights are on. There's nobody else in the whole world that seemed like in the food line but us. I don't guess they have cameras or if they do, they don't look at them because, uh, you know, anyway, nobody seemed to notice. And so I'm standing there holding the barrel of this gun and i was like okay niece you're like you're a smart guy you need to say something that's this dude's gonna remember forever and so i was sitting there i was trying to think of something and i'm in this stupor like i said i'm holding the barrel of a gun and like i'm like all right let me see what can i say and i said you know man if i had a gun of my own right now i'd probably be shooting you with it <laughs> the, guy, the guy i don't know his eyes got like really big and he was looking at me and he was like it ain't got no bullets in it man i was just playing with you and i was like uh okay and so then i let the gun go i mean what was i supposed to i couldn't stand there and hold his gun all night i mean you know uh and so he and his friends like they left uh, they took off somewhere and i turned around and started digging for the extra sharp again <laughs> i was like where's that darned extra sharp cheese and so i found it eventually i checked out i got in my car i'm driving home i mean you know it's broad daylight outside mind you uh, i'm driving home and i got about halfway home and then <laughs> <laughs> suddenly my hands went all sweaty on the wheel and it was uh, the only time in my life I've ever had this kind of delayed reaction but my hands got all sweaty on the wheel and I was like ah, I had to pull over for a second I was like man 
like that guy had a gun to my head that was a real gun and and i started like picturing myself like what it would look like me with my brains blown out all over the cheese and a food <laughs> and, <laughs> and i was like this that's not the way i want to go <laughs> and and uh so i don't know got home called the police and stuff and they're like well and i realized at that point i never really looked at the guy <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you any distinguishing features about this guy because uh all i ever did was listen to him and hold the gun and say something and then go back to you know digging for cheese yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you know and uh, the police were not very helpful but uh, but i'd like to think that i scared that uh, potential criminal straight that you yeah know, that, <laughs> <laughs> criminal you made a difference. Um, from, from his perspective i don't know he must have thought i was james bond or something you know because i <laughs> he didn't realize that he was dealing with a real idiot <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, you know, but yeah, so I guess uh, uh, stupidity actually uh, saved me in that particular instance. Uh, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know what was. I, I, I can't figure out even now what exactly he wanted. Like, you know, like, it's not like you I'm think rich. he wanted to get you to buy him the beer or something? Maybe he was a teenager. So he was going to put a gun to my head and get me to buy beer and a food line. It's <laughs> a dumb plan. Well, that also kind of explains, like, the dumbness of the plan, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It's like a, it's like something out of Pulp Fiction or something. It was like yeah. really insane. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, well, he was going to steal. Let's say he was going to rob five bucks from me so he could pay for his old Milwaukee. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, just steal the beer at the register. Like. <laughs> it didn't make any sense at all. Uh, so, yeah, it's... Um, is my classic Savannah story, um, but but I'm here to laugh about it. I guess you know could have gone another way, I suppose. But uh, I choose not to think about that. <laughs> you go. Um, thank you so much for doing this. Um, do you have anything yeah, to plug before you uh, take off? Oh, plug. Let me see. Um, yeah, that you uh, uh, buy. Uh, go buy. Uh, go to go to Amazon.com and buy flying humanoids. Uh, that's my latest prose novel. Or, if you don't like that one, you can buy uh, Salt Creek Vampire, if you really like horror stuff with old lady vampires. Or, and, and that's at Amazon, uh, you know, like just look under Mark Neese, K-N-E-E-C-E, -E -E, um, and uh, click in those things. Uh, you can also buy, what else do I have to sell here? Um, uh trailers yes uh you can buy trailers from uh i think nbm comic store has that yeah but um so yeah those are those are the things that i will push for now uh, and be on the lookout for my next book of uh short stories that that's going to be called i don't know what right now i'm calling it contemptible dreams but um, but I don't know if I'm going to stick with that title or not. So. All right, awesome. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate uh, you doing this. So. <laughs> no, this was fun. Yeah, it was good talking. Yeah. All right, I think that was pretty solid for a first interview. I still am not crazy about the sound of my own voice, but uh, we'll figure it out. Um, the theme song was called... Uh, Hold on, let me find. The Machine Stops by Misery Slims. 
Um, it was free. Uh, I don't know anything about them, but uh, I think the song's pretty good. Um, I have a book coming out September 1st, uh, The Corrupting the Youth Anthology. Uh, it's got seven short stories for kids with controversial messages uh, by a few different like small teams of cartoonists. I'll have some of them on the podcast. Um, thank you for listening through all the way to the end. Uh, if anyone has any feedback, especially like technical audio feedback uh, for this podcast, that would be appreciated. Um, I don't know if there will be a comment section on the podcast, but uh, if there's not, uh, shoot me an email at leomakecomic at gmail.com. Uh, thanks so much for listening, and uh, have a great night. Or uh, day, or whatever. <laughs>